Podcast like a motherfucker. So, should we say welcome to Thunder Time Podcast? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Episode number one? <laughs> <laughs> should not become a recurring thing. <laughs> Probably. Probably not. Unless you're planning on moving to Denmark. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, Henry P. Miller and Jack Chapman. That's me. And uh, today we're going to do a bit of... ETC list review talk. Yeah, since we're both going, we thought we'd give our thoughts, which, you know, everyone is always super interested to know our opinions. <laughs> our expert <It's>, opinions. <laughs> exactly, because we're just so intelligent. and well, You know, so, as so, soon as you have a podcast, you, you're instantly a, an expert in everything you're talking about. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so... I don't think we need to go through what ETC is. I think everyone kind of uh, listening to our nine page podcast probably knows at this point it's been taught to death. Yeah. I know I've we, I know I've got it over on mine for several years in a row. Yeah, we don't need to talk about like metric processes or anything like that. Yeah. Um, what we actually are going to talk about though is the list themselves and I guess the meta surrounding them, which yeah. I think is what a lot of people find quite interesting because that's the sort of thing that people can take away and apply to their own games. Yeah, definitely. Um, just before we start, you're actually not playing this year. No, I'm not. I'm coaching for Wales. Um, uh, I decided, I've, I played for e- in ETC for the past couple of years, and I thought, you know, I, I, I always wanted to try coaching, just at least once. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get onto my first choice of team. Um, so I thought, this is, this seems like a good, a good year to, uh, to give it a go. So, Fair uh, but I from I mean I do listen to your podcast every now and again, and it seems like you're doing pretty well in general in the UK. Like I've I've heard that you've been coming second and and third and stuff a lot in big tournaments. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been doing pretty solidly. Um, it's one of those things where uh, I played Vermintide for the first half of the year, and like nobody played Vermintide. So I definitely think I got a couple of <laughs> loads of best in races. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of best in races. I. You know, there's only like one other Vermintide player that you see in UK tournaments, and he's he's an Irish guy. He's like Kieran Dunn. Oh yeah, he's he's playing. He's on, I'm playing for Ireland at, for ETC, so he's on my team. Yeah, he uh, he spanked me at, at TEC, and um, because he's he doesn't go to a lot of, like loads of tournaments. Uh, we um, most people like just ended up getting caught out by the Vermintide. I definitely came out of free wins <laughs> at the start of the year, uh, and now I'm playing Wraith nonsense. So I just. Maybe just because I'm playing stuff that catches people out, I'm just uh, cheesing the system. Did I did I hear you're you're playing highborn elves these days? I've played a couple. I, I'm I want a new army project, and I haven't decided what it's going to be yet. So I played like I'm playing like half a dozen games with a bunch of different armies. Like I've done dread elves, high elves. Uh, I've done silver elves. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't decided yet, uh, but it's definitely on the table still. Uh, Interesting. I'm currently working through the dwarves, and so maybe I'm going to do those. Oh, so. dwarves! Don't be, don't be one of those guys. 
Well, it's, good. it's definitely a I'm going to be three inches away from you turn one kind of army. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess um, speaking of um, of armies, we should probably uh, have a look the popular armies, right? Yes. Um, so I guess uh, this is always going to be a, a, an interesting and uh, controversial <laughs> subject, I guess. Uh, and it's the like total count of lists. Uh, yeah, total how, count how of much races, does it actually mean anything? And yeah, yeah, um, because uh, uh, so the the most popular. Uh, no surprises. Uh, is Undying Dynasty is a twenty-nine. How many how many teams are there just to? Uh, I want to say thirty-two. Thirty-two. So twenty-nine so, out of thirty-two. Let's double check. Oh, there's no. Uh, uh, let's see if I have four four lists per page. Just so many pages are on this document. So it should be two two. So, uh, so check it out on. On, on cast of maths because that always uh, 73, pa- 73 pages divided 30, by 36 teams I believe there 36 is. teams there we go that sounds about right yeah so out, out of 36 you've got 29 UDs and yes. I would say that's not traditionally like a, a popular army so maybe those seven teams that didn't choose it just don't have a UD player yeah I mean I would yeah, considering that I think UD is one of the rarer armies people to own. Yeah, exactly. As well, like because the, the models aren't exactly common; they're pretty rare. So uh, you know, I, I think I think it's definitely indi- indicative of them being quite good. Yeah, and we were you surprised with Kingdom of Equitone being at the bottom of the of the list? Well, yes and no. Uh, we've got quite a few players that are really good at them. Here in the UK, so and they do kind of terrorise a little bit on the top tables, um, especially that uh, the Duke that just yeah that just goes through standard, everything and has nightmare. Um, like I know for me, when I'm writing a list to play at a tournament, I've got to think right, how do I deal with the King of Equitane? Because I know you might have to play on them on, on top tables. It's, it's very likely. Yeah. Um, so to see seven of them here is to seem a bit strange. Um, yeah, but at the same I, I, time, it's another one of those armies I think don't people many below. Like, there were no Games Workshop models right for them, so there's no legacy support behind them. Uh, so, you know, there was only the super old Games Workshop models. There wasn't any, like, new versions of them. So I think uh, that does contribute to them being rare. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. I think in Denmark it's pretty similar. There's, like, a few guys who occasionally play them on the top tables in the tournament. So I was expecting also there to be quite a lot of these armies. Because they are doing well as well, but as you say, they're they're not a common army to own. Yeah, the other thing that surprised me were here was um, that the three elves are, other than King of Equitain, the three lowest represented. Yeah. Armies. So I thought that was quite maybe not surprising, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think the meta right now is leaning towards more grindy type units, which are durable, rather yeah. than fast hitty units that can kill stuff and then go through. Yeah. So I think like the whole premise of the elves being like a glass cannon type army doesn't really work in in today's meta. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think also 
because this is a team event, I think, and the pairing system, I think that also comes into this a little bit, because all the elves are super vulnerable to pyromancy magic, and uh, to a lesser extent, divination magic, uh, you know, for, yeah. for Dread Elves and Silver Elves, because they're less armoured. Um, I think they're two very, very popular paths that people take. Mm. And because it's such a, an Achilles heel in your pairings, I think a lot of teams aren't willing to to go for that, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, my my reason for taking High Elf to ETC is because it's the army that I'm most confident with. Yeah. So that's purely the reason. I mean, I don't know if, you're, if your team is that clinical that you're thinking about what matchups you need to take and and what what type of armies you need, whether you need, like, blocking armies or aggressive armies or I don't know how much you went into that but we didn't really go into that that much detail we we wanted to have like a balanced approach right we didn't necessarily say oh I want a blocking army this army is always going to go down first or, or anything like that but we um we definitely thought you know do we need this race can we have a better one you know yeah um, are, you, are you taking any elves in your list we're taking silver elves uh, and that's the only one we're taking okay uh, because we discovered something really cool in the Silver Elf book, and what's that? Or are you, are you allowed to say? Uh, I mean, the lists are out, right? So I mean, everyone can see we've taken it. And it's Blight Dancers, and Blight Dancers are really good. Yeah, I, I, I think long and short of it. <laughs> I think Blight Dancers are really good as well. But is there anything apart from like the Magic Res combo that's different? Um, I think the combination of of paths that uh, Silver Elves have access to is really strong as well. Uh, and then the tree spirits are also really good. Um, I don't necessarily want to go. I think Chris would get upset with me uh, <laughs> if I went to the exact details of how he have how he runs the list exactly. So I won't do that. But um, yeah, Blake Dancer surprised me just specifically as a unit as being as good as they are, and uh, he's done really well with them. So cool. Oh, can't this? Uh, but yes, there's no. There's not really any decent. Boy, well, it's it's one of those chicken egg things, right? Because do do you not see Sylvan Elves and high, uh, like do you not see Elf players because so I don't see them on top tables really here at all apart from just our, our Wales player playing them uh, yeah. on on the top tables so is that because is, is it you don't see them because no good players play them or are the good players not playing them because they're not good <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know, I know what you mean you don't know which way around it is uh, but yeah they're pretty non-existent. I would say uh, it's the same in Denmark as well, but in I would say in Denmark there are a lot of guys who do have armies like Sylvan Elves, High Elves, Dread Elves, um, but they're choosing not to play them because they they think the other armies are better. I know I know that for a fact in Denmark. Yeah, I um, I mean I've said it before, but I'm of the opinion that Highborn Elves are probably the weakest race in the game right now. Uh, I would agree, but... <laughs> <laughs> you are a high enough player, yeah. so... Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I, I, it's definitely interesting, but I, the, the way that Elves was split up. The only other thing that, that was really interesting to me is that there's more, more Ogre Khan's players than Demon Legions. Yeah, this was actually something... I think one of the other interesting things I took out of the, the distribution of armies was like how, how, many, how many teams are taking Ogres. Yeah, I they're not they've not been much of a dominant force here in the UK. There's like 
I think one player that plays them. Um, Craig has very recently picked them up of, of Team England fame. He's, he's very recently started playing them, and you know Craig could be on the same tables regardless of what he does. Um, but other than him, there's like one other guy, and you know you just you don't really think about them so much, uh, which is is, is interesting. Uh, and, and even then, all the builds that we have here are completely different to the ones that all the other lists are taking. Yeah. Um, which is going to bring quite nicely onto the point I want to make later about different metas uh, internationally. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really, um, really interesting. Okay, so do but, you want to go into something more specific about a faction or a country? Yeah, um, so the I guess I've got some... Uh, mm, I've also got some, a couple of stats. Um, so uh, again, this is on on script on cast calculations here. So, <laughs> so um, in terms of so we've got, I've got a couple of stats here. Um, so if you just write the the generic stats. Is that so? There's 288 lists. Uh, in this document, and of them, there's 272 wizard masters. <laughs> um, so I think it's safe to say that being a wizard master is probably quite a bit better than being an adept. Yeah. And uh, just as a as a side note, um, there's 16 dwarf lists, <laughs> and there are 16 lists that have not taken a wizard master. Yeah, so that's Just, some list of taking double Wizard Master. Yeah, um, but I, I, yeah, so it's not exactly a perfect stat, but it's it's pretty close to it. So there's a lot of people that are taking double Adept, I would assume, and some yeah. people that are taking double Master. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty safe to say that being a Wizard Master is quite a bit better than being an Adept or an Apprentice. Yeah, or at least more points efficient. Yeah, for sure. Because there's only 30 apprentices even at all across the entire thing. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them are wizard hats. <laughs> yeah. Or like yeah. prelates or something that counts as an apprentice but really has is a bit more than an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or um, necromancers that are literally there for the hereditary. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. And some other other interesting stats, the stats there's 34 giants... And seven dragons, which I think sh shows you what's more point efficient there. Well, it helps that uh, a dragon is like probably half your character points, right? Yeah. Whereas a giant, you, really, you can get three giants for the cost of a dragon. Um, yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, but I guess dragons in particular, I think, are really almost dangerous to take at an EDC level, right? Because there's a lot of points in a basket that you have to protect in a pairing situation. You can't yeah. put them into cannons, of which there are 57. <laughs> um, you know, you can't put you can't put them into divination magic necessarily, or sometimes alchemy a lot of the time as well. It's, so yeah, it's, there's uh, a lot of hard counters for them, and and it's very risky if you if you lose it. It's a like a twenty percent of your army or more. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess uh, some specific stuff. Yeah. Uh, beast herds. For example, um, so there's some generic trends I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, so, like when you look at uh, the difference between 
um, certain builds, like for like different units, I guess, uh, that are, like have a different, wildly different representation. Um, like obviously, you're going to get less uh, razor test chariots than Mongols, right? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, stuff like uh, core units, so Mongol herds and wild horns, which are both meant to be infantry blocks coming out of your core. The 781 Mongol herds, there's only 126 wild horns that are not ambushing. Yeah. So that's like a massive difference. But, so there's yeah, going to be a... That shows that the Mongols are, are quite good. Yeah, exactly. People are definitely preferring them. Even, um, compared, the even compared to the ambushing wild horns. Yeah, 308 ambushes. So you combine together and that's you know barely half of... Uh, what you have for the Mongols. So the Mongols have got the spear and shield combo for the most part and the banner of the wild herd, which is uh, a really nice combo. Uh, and here's, here's a stat for you. On average, amongst 19 armies, there are 10 Minotaurs per list. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's madness. Uh, so many Minotaurs. And then you compare to Longhorns, 119. Um... Which, you know, it might not seem that different, but kind of got to count Minotaurs as three based on their points and the fact they got that many wounds. And, yeah. Uh, definitely a preference for certain units in the book. Um, like, very underrepresented stuff like the Briar Beast and the Cyclops. Mm, compared to the Gortak, at least. Yeah, for sure. Because there's 18 Gortaks and three Cyclops. So, you know, it's, it's like. Uh, and there's three Razor Tusk Chariots as well. Only three Razor Tusk Chariots. But there's um, nine, nine Beast Lords on Razor Tusk Chariots, so. Yeah, you can say that a couple of years ago, almost every list had like two. Yeah. <laughs> two Razor Tusk Chariots because of the plus charge thing. Um, but yeah, they seem to have all but disappeared, and everyone seems to have gone for a lot more big blocks of Mongrels and uh, Monitors now, which is uh, an interesting change of pace for the yeah. Beast Tusk for sure. So, uh, Demon Legions, I think this is an interesting one because it's such a new, well, it's still newish army, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the big standout here is the Hellhounds. Oh, wow, 240. 240 Hellhounds in 21 armies. So that's at least 10 per army on average. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, in an army that struggles against... Uh, well, not struggles, but uh, has limited ability to deal with armor. Uh, having a unit with lethal strike as standard is incredibly valuable. Yeah, they're super fast. Uh, and their toughness, well, resilience for, I guess, uh, as well, which is pretty useful. And they're just, this is a great all-rounder combat unit. Um, they've got really cheap upgrades as well. Mm. Have, so you, have you had much experience playing against demons? Yes, yes, I have. Uh, there's quite a lot of people playing them. Um, at the minute, uh, over here, uh, and I've played a lot of games against uh, my co-host in the podcast, uh, Jordan, um, he's playing them a lot, and uh, my fellow Team Wales member, uh, Marcus, I've been helping him to get some practice games in as well, uh, so cool. I've played against them a lot. I think there's a, a big stat here is the bloat flies, compared to like WTC. Yeah. There's only three bloat flies in the whole of the 21 armies, where at the World Team Championship they're in almost every demon list in the unit of six. Yeah, I did expect to be some more, because there are, there are they do hard count a lot of matchups, but I guess the one that they hard count the most, KOE, is almost non-existent, so I can kind of understand, I guess, people have <laughs> double predicted the matter, I guess, that. Um, 
Yeah. Or maybe, I, I mean, obviously the update changed them a lot, but yeah. I don't think it changed them that much. Yeah. There's definitely some underrepresented units. The Blazing Glory, one solitary Blazing Glory, um, two Titan Slayers, five Threshing Engines. Like, amongst 21 armies, it's kind of... Oh, really, is that it? Yeah. But, um, and very nice split between Merlin's and Succubi. I yeah. think there's a, I think you've actually got a legitimate choice there to make when you're writing lists. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Um, things like there's quite a lot of gremlins as well. Yeah, I think that yeah, those are really good. Seventy-two gremlins. Uh, and uh, also the characters are quite interesting. The um, <clears throat> the omen was considered really good to start with. Yeah. And now it's there's only a third of the lists have one. Yeah, it's so expensive. You know, it's it's hard to a lot of the time to justify because you can go up to like 800 points really fast mm. um, why, why is the deceiver so good I, I'm not so familiar with the book so he's well it is uh, resilience 5 with 4 wounds and then it has access to the envy upgrades um, so like piercing spike and uh, I'm not sure what it's called it's the poison one that gives you poison 6 plus and then plus 1 poison if you've already got it Okay. which are two really good upgrades um, and I think, oh yeah, well, yeah, because the is a generic one. Um, but it's it's one of the only uh, sort of greater demons that can go in a unit. Okay, so, so yeah, I guess only if... the Omen and the Deceiver can go in a unit, and the Deceiver is so much cheaper, much smaller base size, has not got a six plus ward against Mundane, it's got a full five up. Yeah. Um, it's just a much safer choice. And okay, that makes it's sense. A, it's a very good all rounder, basically. Yeah, it makes sense if people are taking a lot of uh, Myrmidons and Succubi. Uh, I, there's more sentinels than I thought there'd be. Four sentinels. I didn't think there'd be any sentinels. To be honest. Um, it's not but, that many. It's what, yeah, there's no scourge. Yeah, no scourge. Yeah, but we. I think everyone can agree that the scourge is not that great. Yeah, which is unfortunate because it's cool. Yeah. Um, I think. So, uh, dwarven holds. Dwarven holds. Yes. Uh, I had a good look at this uh, because. As one of the armies that I'm considering starting. Um, don't do it, Jack. Uh, it's just, don't, be that, know, don't be that guy. Could, could be, could not be, you know. Um, so the in most interesting thing here is that there's 384 Seekers for 16 armies. Um, <laughs> Compared to like the other infantry like Kingsguard and Deep Watch. I don't even see any Deep Watch. There's not a single Deep Watch and there's 58 Kingsguard. And 30 of those can guard it from one list, so... <laughs> um, so I guess that's probably two lists that are running then. Yeah, I think one's got two units of 15, and then one's got... Uh, 58 Hold Guardians? Jesus. Yeah, Hold Guardians are really good. Uh, so I can kind of understand that one. Um, I think they're a, a bit of a... Cause you, I guess, yeah, kind of like... All the large units, you kind of times by three, so... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... On, on average, it's, it's almost four per list. So I'm assuming yeah. if, if you double that up, then that's half the lists that have them. Yeah. So that, uh, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah. It's uh, super versatile, so I think I, I kind of understand that. Um, I guess uh, if you're not a Seeker, you kind of feel sad, though, if you're at elite Dwarf Infantry, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, um. I guess it kind of shows the meta, doesn't it? Um, because I guess people are expecting a lot of large units, not much shooting. Then, yeah, because 
if you if against large units, the deep watcher is essentially useless yeah. because they don't get their five up against special attacks. So all those stomps and impact attack impacts are pretty worthless. Um, King's guards, I mean, they're agility zero, so no one kind of wants to take those. Whereas the seekers, they always get to hit. You know, they um, and they they just go through large units really quickly. Mm. So it's, they're probably vanguarding and things like that. So people have to yeah. deal with them. Yeah, exactly. And then they're just unbreakable, so you, you've got to deal with them, otherwise they're going to get you. Mm. Uh, I was a little bit surprised by the number of miners, because at least in the meta here in Denmark, everyone who I play against is running two units of ten miners. Yeah. Um, they, they, there's a lot of... It's one of the things with Torch, like you pay a lot of points for that, that sort of thing, so, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, you take, you, do, you are losing, like, a another unit if you take in the miners um, so I can I, I kind of get it like I, I wasn't running miners when I was running doors so because I wanted points for other things yeah so it kind of makes sense but um, especially when you're vanguarding so many things like if you're vanguarding whole guardians which are a, a, a scoring unit do you really need the ambushing scoring as well true maybe yeah. maybe not um, so so only yeah. 22 war machines over 16 armies with some uh, cannons as well. Oh, sorry, three blister as well, so 25. They're all in one list as well. Yeah. It's one burst, it's taking three blisters. Um, so maybe the shooting is not uh, not doing so well. It, it seems to be with all the whole guardians and seekers that people are more interested in fighting with this list. Yeah, it's just not reliable though. That's, that's the thing with the war machines. They're just... Well, yeah, shooting in general. Yeah, so you, it's always good. Especially when you, when you have seekers, like war machines generally... You're normally using for um, getting rid of big stuff. So if you've got all these seekers, do you really need the cannons and the and this sort of thing? Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing that I thought was splitting core. So there's 99 greybeards, but 434 clan warriors. <laughs> yeah. So I think people definitely have a preference on the cheaper core units. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So. A lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, no surprises with the attack copters and bombers and grudge yeah. busters. Dread yeah. Elves? Yeah, Dread Elves. Um, there's 11 armies. Um, there's 9 uh, priests <laughs> on altars, yeah. I'm just trying to see if there's any altars on their own and that makes up the rest of the, <laughs> of, of the ones that are missing. I don't, I doesn't don't, look like I don't it. see any. So... But it's it's still a big stat, <laughs> and, yeah, and that's not sure. that's not a unusual stat either. No, not at all. Um, there's a lot of uh, unrepresented things. I think you've got a lot of people taking legionnaires, three hundred and forty-one of them. Dark riders, seventy-five. Um, a couple of corsairs, and like there's more blades than I thought. One hundred and three of them. I didn't think you'd see that many. Um, the elite infantry, dancers of the clear winner at eighty, with tower guard and dread judges around twenty six, twenty seven. That, that's that's probably just one unit or one army taking taking one yeah. unit, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we, I think the dancers are, are obviously the standout choice because they have the Aegis save in combat and. Yeah, but I think um, seventeen raptor chariots in eleven armies. Uh, yeah. I think uh, a lot of these lists are like quite MSUE. Shooting plus chariots plus hydras. <laughs> yeah, plus hydras. I think hydras, I don't know about so. you, but the standard list I'm seeing in, in Denmark or in general on on the internet is 
hydras, chariots, and altars and dragons. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we don't see much of them here, as I said, so it's hard for me to make a judge arc and specifically from my experience, but from from the little that I've seen, that's probably accurate. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, beyond that, it's kind of hard for me to... Only only one unit of five Dread Knights in the whole... It's just such a shame, because I love the Dread Knights. Yeah, me too, I, I think they're really good. Yeah, I think they're really cool. Um, it's just one of, I prefer them to the, to the Raptor Chariots, but it's a personal thing, I guess. Uh, and no one else seems to agree with me. So. I, I don't agree with you, <laughs> but I like I do yeah. like them. Yeah. Uh, Empire. Yes. Um. So. <laughs> so sixteen BSPs and sixteen armies, no surprises. Yeah, that seems about right. Uh, sixteen wizard masters. Yeah. So Four, again, fourteen uh, prelates. And then 430 light infantry and 754 light infantry, heavy infantry, sorry. So I think I think you can see here a trend in every army is taking one big block of heavy infantry and one big block of light infantry, or like a slightly yeah. smaller block of light infantry. It's it's an average of nearly 50 heavy infantry per list. Yeah, which is, so, which is what you expect. 410 yeah. Imperial Guards, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, 14 out of 16 steam tanks. <laughs> 85 Reiters as well. I wasn't expecting so many Reiters, or Reiters, I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, and then in terms of War Machines, uh, there's 11 cannons, 4 volley guns, 5 rocketeers. It's quite a lot. And that's less than I expected though. You think? There's no there's no mortars at all. Ah, yeah, true, true. Which is uh, a bit unusual. I would have, um, I would yeah, have I said, like, looking at the meta, it would be quite good to take mortars. Yeah, potentially. I, mean, I was looking through the... Um, the Empire list, and they'll seem very similar. Yeah. Um, so... It's kind of like, everyone's taking that big block of infantry with all the combos, and then you either choose your Flagellants, your Imperial Guards, or your your Griffin Knights. Yeah, there's a couple of bits, and then the rest of it's like, what can I shoot off before they get to combat with me? Yeah. So... Yeah. Not... It, that, those lists didn't inspire me, I'll say that much. No. <laughs> Uh, next up, you got the Highborn Elves. Um, so that, this is my territory. Yeah, I'll let you. Speak. Yeah, so uh, lots of spears, which is, which is I would expect that. I mean, you also there's only ten armies, so it's maybe not the biggest sample size. It's still an average of like fifty per, per, yeah. per list, though. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is a lot. I mean, my my list has twenty in, so I'm probably on the low side. So yeah. I would guess on average there's two big blocks in, in most lists. Yeah. Um, eight princes and eight master mages in each, in across ten armies. So 80% is taking a master and a prince. Seven cranry towers, which is maybe on the low side. I, I know that they're considered one of the best, um, one of the best things in the book. I mean, when I was when I was looking at this, I was, it's definitely an auto include for me. Like it's one, it's one of the few things in the book where I was thinking, oh, this is really good. I would definitely want one of these. Like. Yeah, so. I, I was I was trying to post some lists on my our like uh, island ETC chat, like without one of these models, and they were saying, what are you doing? No, <laughs> that was pretty much the only thing I was told I had to include in my list. Yeah. <laughs> Two adepts, which is interesting as well. Yeah. So quite low on that. Um, the sea guard. I was gonna say it's interesting. There's a very low number of chariots. 
than here compared to the Dread Elves. Yeah, well, the, our chariot, the, our, the Highborn Elf chariots are only res 4 and pretty pretty shitty. They're kind of chaff more than actual combat threats. Yeah. Only one Sky Sloop as well. Showing a clear preference for the, the Reapers and the Queen's Guards. Yeah. And Knights of Rhymer, 64. Yeah, I think the Knights of Rhymer, although they're slightly overpriced, they're still one of the best units in the book. So that's like an yeah. average of 6.4 per list, and I think I think that's completely fair. I think every yeah, list has, sure. has some. I think uh, I think they're kind of like the exemplary of what cavalry should be in the game. Yeah, so they're definitely one of the best cavalry. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely like to see them because okay, by example, maybe more cavalry will start to look like that's a fragment. <laughs> um, what do you think about the difference between Lion Guard and Swordmasters? Um, I kind of understand both uh, both sides of it, right? Lion Guard are the safer option. They've got better saves and they've got Strength 6, which is more of a so you don't have to worry about buffing it so much. Uh, they also take divination magic a lot better than swordmasters yeah, do. I, I think that's for me. That's the that's the issue. Um, I think divination is a really good spell path, and I think most people's master mage is, is a divination mage. I don't know, yeah. but I think if you looked at it, it would be pretty pretty much maybe eighty percent or seventy percent or something. And I think yeah. therefore lion guard combo combo better with the divination, which is why you take them. For, for example, I'm taking Cosmology in my list, so I choose Swordmasters. Yeah. I think the best thing about Swordmasters is their ability to play into the Demon and uh, Warrior matchup. Yeah. They're quite good in both of those, so it's probably the main reason that I would take them. Yeah. But I can totally understand why you'd want to take Lion Guard instead. Um, sad, sad, sad face for the Phoenixes, though. Yeah, one, one Phoenix. <laughs> But I think that's it's just very overpriced for what they do. Mm. But uh, I think if you if you look at the list with the phoenix in, it's it's quite an interesting list. I think it has one or two dragons or something like that. Oh, okay. Maybe uh, I need to I need to find it. But uh, maybe this is a good point to go into some of the list in a bit more detail. Now it's the army I know the best. Sure, for it. Um, so what what list in here did you did? Uh, Specifically, jump out to you. Well, I knew Austria was one that was shown to me as like, yeah. Whoa, like, <laughs> this is the this is probably one of the the most standout lists in the whole tournament, actually. Yeah. Um, if we just read it out real quick for people who don't have the document handy, so there's a, a mage who's a Asphalt scholar on pyromancy, wizard master with book of melodies, so it's basically a, a pyro mage with extra range on spells. And the Book of Melodies gives them uh, an opportunity to re-roll a dice during a magic phase. So lots of pew-pew, fire stuff. Then you've got your standard BSB with the Book of Arcade Mastery. He's literally in his pants with, with not even a great weapon. Yeah. So he's just like a caster and a BSB. And I think this is also a really good combo. I don't know what spells he's planning on taking on this, but I would guess one of them is going to be plus one strength. I can see Raven's Wing being quite good here as well. Yeah, I agree. And I would imagine he'll take the Hereditary spell, but I, I'm not sure. Um, then 11 times 20 Citizen Spears. No Musician, no Champion, no Standard. And then 4 times 10 Lion Guard, and that's it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those weird ones where only at ETC would you see a ridiculousness like this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd never see this in a singles tournament. I feel like you're going to see a lot of double fleeing. And a lot of yeah. obje- objective play with this. Yeah, um, I, th- I think this army is there. It's out there just to just to kind of play against the like the powerhouse armies like UD or Beast Herds or Vermin Swarm and just say you're not getting that many points out of this and I'm going to try and take the objective. Yeah, basically. You got 11 units of spears. It's like okay, the first one's plus like four, uh, lost you know like nine, ten, eleven guys. Okay, we're moving behind, our line aside behind all of the other spearmen. The next one comes forward, you know. We've now got six units on the objective instead of seven, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And wow. and uh, the way I was trying to trying to explain this to, to the guys in, in my gaming group, and I was like, well, if you have, like, two big combat blocks, then, I mean, how many combats are you going to fight? You're probably going to fight, yeah. what, two combats in a game? Maybe three? So you, yeah. your maximum, if you're fighting spears or line guard units, you're only going to be taking like 600 points during the game, and that's that's all your each unit's going to take. So your maximum, what you can actually take is like maybe maybe 1,500 you'd, points. You'd be lucky to get in combat with this list anyway, because it's going to be double fleet all day. Yeah, other exactly. units bounce through, so you can't reach them. And yeah, exactly. So I think it's an interesting list, but I don't think it's going to get that many points either. No, probably I mean, not. You have some spells which combo nicely, like uh, flaming swords and plus one strength from the BSB. Yeah. So you get these these kind of bubble spells. You can affect a lot of units, but I, I don't even know if if he's going to take that. I think he's going to just be shooting stuff with pyro more than flaming swords. Yeah. Yeah, that, that probably sounds uh, more likely. So another list that stuck out to me was there was a couple of double dragon lists. So the Turkish list. So you have a, a high prince on a dragon with two binding scrolls and an overflare, which is like a pretty tasty character for just under a thousand points. <laughs> And then you have the second fighty character, which is a mage with Order of the Fiery Heart, with Essence of Free Mind, Paired Weapons, and Hero's Heart. So this is actually, I think, the best combat dragon in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. Because the dragon is pretty much guaranteed to get plus two attacks, so you're going to have seven attacks. If you're if you're on alchemy, you get reroll to wound, and you have lots of nice combat buffs. And if you're on pyromancy, you can cast your pyro into combat. So it has a lot of potential, and it's a bit sneaky. And uh, the rest of the list is 15, 15 units of cavalry and three units, two units of uh, reavers, two chariots, and two times seven knights of Rhymer. So the the slowest unit in the in the book is a reaver chariot, which is advanced nine and march fourteen. Exactly. Um, I guess I can see a lot of this happening, with, especially the Elaine Reavers and the Reaver Chariots. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if you have enough units to countercharge, and if two of them are Knights of Rhymer, then you're you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or that High Prince with the, uh, the Nova Flat. Yeah. Do you have any comments on my list, Jack? 
this to me like you've gone for something pretty uh, like toolboxy, like which is understandable, right? Yeah. Um, I, I've been I've been inspired by a lot of different things recently. Like I I was I was play I I was playing around with Dante's cosmology list, which obviously I'm running a cosmology dragon these days. And um, and I was also inspired a bit by Furion's list, like trying to fit the Master Mage, the the Spear Prince, and the Dragon into the list. Yeah. And and so I kind of combined the two lists a bit, and uh, and added my own twist of it with the Swordmasters and the Queen's Guard. Those are the other two things that stuck out to me with the Swordmasters and the Queen's Guard. Yeah. So. So without like saying any tricks, the, the reason that I chose the Swordmasters, I, I've been running a big unit, but I couldn't really fit a big unit in with everything else. So I, th my philosophy is, well, I have 16, which is like a medium-sized unit, but in the matchups where they're going to get shot off, if it's 24, it's not going to make much difference. So having 16 is, is fine, because if they're not going to get shot off, they're not going to get shot off. So and and unless you're going like horde formation, which is not always the best formation, then it, it doesn't really make that much difference in combat. My worries impact it, really. Yeah, that that's what that's really what kills them. I, I was playing against ogres yesterday, and they they just got yeah. impact hitted off by everything. Yeah, the other thing was the queen's guard. It's, I've never been a fan of queen's guard because they're so expensive. It's twelve or six of armor guys for four hundred and eighty-five points. It's just oh. Yeah, <laughs> but they, they they do a lot and they they're kind of sneaky good. Yeah. Like there's there's been a few times where I've been charging stuff with them and. Yeah. And and the spears kind of the spears do pretty well against chaff. And like the the way I the way I see the queen's guard is if you compare it to sea guard reapers. So. I can get two two sea guard reapers for three hundred and sixty points, or I can get. 12 Queen's Guard for 485, and for the extra points, I've got a Banner of Becalming, I've got a Scoring Unit, I've got a place to, to bunker my BSB in some cases, and uh, and also the, the shooting is actually a bit better, I think, in some cases, because it's magical, so you can, you can kill rapes, it's flaming, so that gives you some options, it also hits better than a Sea Guard Reaper, and I can, uh, and it, it can also fight and score, so... For that extra like 100 points, you get quite a lot. I think I I, I, I totally understand the the reasoning for taking them. Um, it's just not when, when I'm looking at ETC lists, I kind of like recoil when I see a big expensive unit for uh, well a small expensive unit I guess <laughs> for um, that's very lightly defended that's going to have to essentially be immediately paired away from anything with long-range shooting or pyromancy um, as well as uh, the nice thing about having Sea God Reapers is it affects matchups as well because someone's got random characters running around if you've got three Sea God Reapers sat there that changes the whole thing yeah having one so, having one keeps people honest but it's not having three <laughs> yeah for sure uh, having three is my my Saurian Warlord is going to sit behind this hill. Yeah. <laughs> it changes how people play, especially ETC. But maybe I'll get that lucky shot off and, and kill him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, were there any more Hubman Elf lists you want to go Um, 
Not specifically, I don't think. Um, there was the Argentina list as well, which is a bit similar to the Turkish list that we saw. It's a bit more all-arounder, but it had uh, two dragons again. Uh, interestingly, you had the Queen's Cavalier BSB on the dragon, which is, this is basically the build that I've tried but didn't like it that much. It's like, um, and it also has a mage on an eagle, which is interesting. Um, no, I don't think so. Maybe six plus, but he's got light armor and alchemist alloy, so maybe a four plus. Maybe a four plus, but I, I, I don't really, I don't see this. I mean, I guess it's flying around giving cosmology buffs to things, probably hiding a lot, but it's yeah. Do you really need extra mobility for cosmology? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's probably safer or cheaper than having it in a bunker. And it's pretty cheap That's at 290 it. points. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I think that's I think that's a, a fair idea. Yeah. Um. Uh, there was actually, if you don't mind me going backwards, since sure. we're talking about specific lists, there was okay. a dwarf list I saw that was pretty cool. Yeah, let's let's take it. Um, if I can find it here, um, it was just a turkey list. It was just another. It's another one of these weird EDC lists, right? <laughs> um, I guess there's two lists here. Um, it's just an engineer with a room of denial, an anvil, and then what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight units of ten warriors with pair weapons and throwing axes. axes. <laughs> yeah. Two twenty-five seekers and then four copters, basically, and two cannons. It's like six copters, two yeah. with two roach busters and four copters and two cannons. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, and it's, it's this is like, a, okay, this is a horrid list to, to play against. Yeah, you know what you want to do, and you're just gonna you just it's like it's like distilling an idea of a list down to its purest form. It's like we don't need any characters, any of that. We'll do away with it. Like, <laughs> let's just have a couple of shooting units to kill chaff seekers, and then double flee everything. Yeah. Um, can uh, can you march and shoot with throwing weapons? Uh, I think so. Can't 100% remember, uh, but I'm pretty sure you can. Uh, there's a lot of lists here that just have like three times 24 or 25 seekers. Yeah. Serbia list has that. The Netherlands list has that. Um, yeah, I think almost. Uh, yeah, most of the lists have have them. Yeah, so. the the Dutch list is horrid as well. That's uh, fine. So you, you got your engineer, and then one, two, three, four, five, six shooting units in core, three yeah. times twenty-four seekers, and then organ guns and copters. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super simple. Um, and some of the, yeah, some of those, Portugal like, is yeah. essentially the same list as well, just yeah. with whole guardians instead of seekers. Is, uh, I think I think the fact that the seekers are five hundred and twenty nine points is more of the issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. You, you um, can get you can get fifteen queens guard for the same price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, and for the special rules you get with them, it's like if you fight them in combat, you will be taking twenty four strength five hits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or attacks at any rate, and uh, and then they actually get to attack on top of that. So. 
Should, yeah. we, should we go to Infernal Dwarves? Yeah, Infernal Dwarves. From Dwarves to Dwarves. Um, I don't yeah, really so. know this army that well, so you're going to have to to pull uh, pull the weight on this one. That's absolutely fine. So uh, we've got 11 armies with 12 masters. <laughs> so you know, uh, we said on the uh, Infernal Dwarf sort of faction-focused podcast we did, the Infernal Dwarf magic phase is where it's at. It's really strong. So it makes sense that 12 masters and 3 adepts, people are maximizing the magic. Quite a lot of characters in general, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, there is. That's, what surprised me is there's actually 12 viziers amongst 11 armies, so someone's taken two. Yeah. Because I imagine 11 is a BSBs. Yeah, I would guess so as well. Yeah. Um, one subjugator, poor Torok, his character, he's a bit... Is that a big, is that a big one? Yeah, it's just a Torok. He's basically a Torok champion. Yeah. He's got a, with an extra wound, um, so I can't understand why people got too thrilled on him. He's a bit naff. Uh, and then in core, it's 327 Citadel Guard to 118 Warriors. <laughs> so, like 75% of the of the infantry are warri- uh, Citadel Guard. Are they are they that much better than Warriors, or is it just the options that they have? Um, well, they have access to the Flintlock Axes. So, I imagine a lot of these units are 10-mans with the Flintlock Axe. Yeah. Whereas Warriors are probably well, more than that in like a block. Um so it does, I think the, the options they have are definitely a, a factor there. Um, so I guess if, if you take that as like uh, the, the, the way that you run these units, then, you, then people are going with smaller shooting units rather than big combat blocks. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're kind of limited in the unit size. Okay. Um, for Infernal Dwarves, because you only get, I think, 25 or 30 Citadel Guard, something like that. And, you know, they're not anything to write home about combat-wise. They have plate armor and stuff, or...? Yeah, they've got plate armor and uh, strength 4. Okay. That's, that's basically it. Uh, but, you know, they're not, they're not an amazing tanking unit. They're not a terrible one either. They don't put out a massive amount of damage, but they put out a bit. They're a bit of a... a bit of a halfway between the two, really. Um, Okay, I mean, I'm just having a quick look through some of these Infernal Dwarf lists, and it, it looks that it seems to be a lot of the configurations are one big unit of Citadel Guard, like 20, and then two smaller units of 10 Citadel Guards. Yeah, yeah. Um, 20 it just, just fits well, I think, a lot of the time. Uh, and then any any big blocks of Infernal Dwarf seem to just be blunderbuss units. Okay. Um because people worked out the blunderbuss is actually pretty solid. <laughs> and, so, and I guess that's only available to Citadel Guards? Uh, they're only available to Warriors blunderbusses. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's yeah, pretty pretty interesting to look at, though. Um, Five Kadim Titans? Yeah, um, very vulnerable to divination magic. Yeah. So, kind of understand why they're on a massive amount of those. A lot of incarnates, though. So, averaging um, five per list. Yeah, so, um, I believe, I think it's five incarnates are the same price as one, as one Titan. So, you can kind of put that down to like five Titans worth of incarnates there. Sorry, ten uh, incarnates worth. Sorry, not ten Titans worth of incarnates. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
they're clearly the more popular choice, probably because of the increased wound pull, um, which just makes them more resilient against, against divination. Is there any magic that in the Infernal Dwarves that makes them better? Uh, well, you've got the Hereditary, which is make things flammable. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, which is the key, <laughs> the key spell uh, that they kind of revolve around. Um, and I guess alchemy as well. Yeah, alchemy as well, doing the same thing. Uh, I guess a, a lot of these lists uh, kind of sit around. Okay, we're going to have the bunker unit, normally twenty Citadel guard with the master and the BSB sat in there. And we're going to shoot magic out while we have incarnates or Toric anointed uh, or infernal engines sort of running around. Taking points. Yeah, taking points on the flanks and whatnot. A um, couple of Titan Mortars, some, more, some Immortals as well for um, some stubborn blocks. But then the most easy units are like, like 19 Immortals, 20 Immortals. Uh, so, that, 17 so I guess immortals, that's like yeah. about half the list of taking them then. Yeah. And a lot of them, I've got Icon of the Inferno. Okay, uh, and that's the spell thingy that shoots the attribute for Pyro? Yeah, if you cast the attribute spell within six of the BSB, or cast a uh, spell within six of the banner, you get to cast the Pyromancy uh, attribute spell. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. It adds, adds to the gun lineiness of everything. Yeah, so it's, it's still essentially a shooting army then? Yeah, I think so. It's one of the, one of the few... I don't want to say gun lines, but the closest thing I think Ninth Age gets to a gun line. Okay. Uh, it's them, Empire, I think, as well, the other ones that do that. Yeah. Um, so, Kingdom of Equitone? Yes. Um, so, there are seven lists, and eight of them have Dukes. <laughs> and seven <laughs> of them have Virtue of Might and Judgment. So, they are the... the, a, night, a, which clear, the a clear winner in this category. Yeah. Dubbed Goku by the Australian scene. <laughs> um, and seven so, masters uh, wizards as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, eight paladins, which is one more than I expected. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, loads of realm, realm knights, 97 across seven armies. So um, that's more than 10 per army. Yeah, nice. Same uh, with questing knights, more than 10 like per army. 14 per army, yeah. 56 levy, which is mostly in one list, if I remember correctly. Um, that's peasant, right? Yes, there is one person who's got a unit 56 levy, so wow. it's all in one unit. <laughs> so that's a big big change from last year when everyone was running peasant lists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't quite understand that list personally. I don't really know why you'd go with that, but yeah. so... I, I'm sure it looks like an army on the table. So. Where's the green knight? Yeah, there's no green knight. That, that, that's fucking broken, that thing. I hate playing against it. <laughs> <laughs> no one takes it? What? Presumably, uh, when you're paying for the Duke, you don't really feel like you need it. I would guess. That's the only thing I could guess. Um, Every time I play against Kingdom of Equitain, they have both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see, I can see that. Uh, but only maybe. one unit of Grail Knights... Yeah, mostly quest knights, which makes sense, because um, fear is just now so prominent, uh, and they're so strong against fear. Um, it's just. Do they reroll to wound or ones or something? They get plus one to hit and plus two to charge, as well as being immune to the effects of fear. Okay, that's pretty good. So it makes them movement ten against fear causes. Okay, so, so I, I think uh, 
I think what we can see in the Kingdom of Equitain, only across seven armies though, is that pretty much every army is almost identical. Yes. 35 yeah, Peg Knights. Knights of the Quest. Uh, being at Peg Knights with a Duke in it. Yeah. Some Yeoman Outriders. And then a couple of little bits to taste, really. Yeah. I, th I think that's a bit of a shame, but it's, uh, it is one of the most basic books out there. Yeah. I think it's quite hard to master as well. Yeah. To be honest. I think it's I a hard book to, to get your head around. Uh, so there's that. Um, so Overcons. Yes. The surprise, the surprise uh, that came up on us. Uh, 23 armies. Yes. Um, so, um, 23 Shaman Masters and one Addict. Uh, no Great Cons? Yeah, not a single Great Con. Um, presumably because they've been pushed out by the Mammoth Hunters, of which there are 38. <laughs> 38. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah. how many is that? It's like at least two per list, almost. Almost uh, two so per list. 1.7. Something like that. Uh, one point, yes. Yeah, near enough, 1.7. Yeah, quick maths there. Yeah. Um, I've got the calculator open so I can do all this. Well. Ah, <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Mammoth Hunter's pretty solid. Almost every list has got at least one. Um, there were, I believe, three um, wild heart lists here. What does the wild heart do? The wild heart gives you a reduced core, um, as well as being able to put saber tooth tigers in in eight man units as core. Okay, so uh, the seventy three saber tooths. So let's ass let's assume that every list has at least two. Yes. Then uh, there's there's a few people running a mammoth hunter with the saber tooths. Like in, yeah, the, in sure. the unit, there's a few people running that. Yeah. Uh, if I can just swear, is the. I'm just like double checking these lists because there's. Um, one, two, three. I'm trying to find the other one. There's one more list, I think, that had, had it in there. But I think I think there was um, two or three uh, Wild Heart lists, and both of them come from the UK. <laughs> uh, England and Scotland are both running it, and they're the only ones running it. So. It's kind of a very different meta than we've had in everyone else, I think. Yeah, I know that the Danish ETC player who plays playing Ogres was running this um, back in like December, January time. Mm. But uh, he's gone for something different. But I think this was a team decision rather than his decision. Yeah. For, okay. Like he's running an Aurochs and a Cannon list. And it, you can yeah. see there's 29 Aurochs and one Mammoth. <laughs> And yeah. 19 cannon and four scatterbolts. So there's a big difference in uh, in decisions there. And I believe all four of the scatterbolts have come from the UK list as well. <laughs> okay, so you guys have got a very distinct meta. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're totally different on the on the ogre front. Um, four tuskers though. That's across 23 armies. That's yeah. craziness. To me. It, is that one unit? I guess. I assume one unit of four. Yeah, because the min size is three. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, 30 trappers yeah. is quite a lot. What's that, sorry? 30 trappers. Yeah, that's a weird unit, because I, I really did not expect to see that many at all. Yeah. Um, they're quite good, though, of, for the point. Yeah, but they're fine. Uh, I just think there's so many better points to spend, uh, better places to spend your points, really, personally, but that's uh, that's just me. Um, 
a lot of Noblas, 279 Noblas, yeah. way more than I thought we'd get. Um, but yeah, it's just a story of the Mammoth Hunters, really. There's a lot of, um, so many of them running around. Like, I'm just like, looking at these lists, like Mammoth Hunter, Mammoth Hunter, Mammoth Hunter. Okay, there's three there, there's fucking two there. There's, <laughs> you know, across all of these, it seems... Oh, yeah. this is madness. Um, yeah, and they're quite hard to deal with. I I don't really like playing against them because they're so yeah, they're fast. Super fast, and, and they, they like when I was playing Vermintorn, they're an absolute nightmare because they have bloody hunting spear, which hits on a two plus, and it's like if Moi was D three against Gigantic, and it's not magical. So I'm just sat there hoping they don't throw it at me. Yeah. <laughs> I have the same problem with my dragon. Yeah, absolute nightmare those things are. Because they're tough as five, and they normally have a good armor save as well. So. And also they can get the rest of the belt thing to give them strength 7. Yeah. Um, I think... I think my guy's getting to strength 6. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think of the 38 Mammoth Hunters, I think something like 30-plus of them have uh, Troll Eater for the regen. Yeah. And then most lists have a Ligus Tongue as well, which makes sense. It's a really good meta choice, I think, um, with Warriors and Demons running around. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Uh but yeah, uh, shall we move on to orcs and goblins? Yeah, see, I this is the problem I have with orcs and goblins. I, I just can't. They give me a brain aneurysm just trying to read them. <laughs> There's a lot of but different yeah. units in in this army. It's definitely the longest list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Twenty-one armies, but only fifteen masters. I guess. I guess in this, oh, there's four goblin masters as well. So nineteen masters. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, but I guess because you can take so many adepts on chariots and stuff. Yeah, it makes it more sense of, to go many adepts. Yeah, it kind of throws it off a little bit. So there's um, four, 18 adepts and three apprentices. That's it. One, 15, 19, uh, 21, 25, uh, 40 wizards across 21 armies. <laughs> yeah. I guess they're quite cheap as well, being goblins. Yeah, yeah. I think they're almost cheaper than a regular chariot. Yeah. <laughs> the apprentice ones. Um, it's quite interesting. Uh, I think it's like an average of... What's that? Average of... Only... Average of... Uh, average of 11 Ed Bashers. Oh, uh, I guess... 317 Feral Orcs, I've read this wrong. So, <clears throat> so Feral Orcs are the clear winner in the infantry category. Yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, doesn't, this, this list that we have here doesn't split there, but between Feral and Commons, uh, um, which is a shame. But uh, so, there's also 549 Goblins, so the Goblins overrun them all combined. So, yeah. uh, 468 Nashers. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just, Jesus. Uh, just they're so cheap and you just you take like three units of uh thirty of them or twenty four of them, whatever, you just run, run them forward It's like an average of like over thirty per list. Uh I think so. Four hundred and eighty four hundred and sixty eight. Five hundred and forty nine. Oh no, sorry, yeah, four hundred and sixty eight, sorry, my bad. Yeah, twenty twenty two average. Twenty two. I was looking at goblins. Mm. Yeah, um, I guess it kind of uh, fits in with the theme that we've seen a lot through a lot of these lists is large numbers of cheap units. Yeah. Being very very meta. Um, so like yeah, low number of mounted bashers. We've got two hundred and forty three iron orcs, 
but just as a quick skim through, I don't see many massive units. They're all small size units. There's a 28 there, but uh, uh, 23. I've seen quite yeah, a few like, like MS, MSU orc lists. I don't know if they're that prevalent in the ETC though. They've always been quite popular. Um, you just take five war machines and a big block. In this case, you take several big blocks of Nashes <laughs> and a big block of. Uh, and, you know, either goblins or or ed bashers, feral ed bashers. Um, so yeah, it's like a twenty-one armies and there's twenty get launchers, so and eighteen skewers. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-nine trolls was more than I expected, though. There's not that many spiders. Fifteen gargantulas. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw a list in the UK without double gargantula. Yeah, I'm. So I'm about the same. Nine, nine great well, green idols. Yeah, um, I think there might be a list in yeah, there's Switzerland's got two great green idols. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I spoke about in my last podcast. Someone had got two great green idols, and that was a bit odd because the, the buffers are stacked, so you're just kind of spreading it out. Um, but I, th I think they're quite difficult to deal with, though. They're really high resistance, so some armies find it can struggle to actually uh, get rid of them. Yeah, but they are supernal, so you can combat resist them out. Yeah, but I, I still think for like, if unless you have cavalry that can have a high combat res, the the units with high combat res get stomped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't know, I still, I'm still not sold on them. Yeah. I, I maybe have to play against them and, and get my, my shit pushed in for, uh, for me to respect them. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's an interesting one. So in, uh, in this list, in this list of uh, units for orcs, there's only two giants. In the beast herds, I think there was also very few giants. I'm just going to check. Beast herds, six giants. But uh, in the ogre lists, there was quite a few. Uh, twenty, uh, 20 giants. Yeah. Um, so why why is the that? Different, the equipment you can get, I think, makes a huge difference. So um, also, what else competes with those points, right? So I guess the giants in orcs and goblins are competing with gargantulas and great green idols. Yeah, true. Um, I don't it, think I mean, things like orcs and ogres, though. Yeah, exactly. You're got you're against. Uh, but the, the, what's nice about them is two things. You get the, the bellower. You get impact airs, which is nice. Um, you get the bellower, which is an 18-inch musician bubble, which is quite tasty. Um, but most importantly, is you get a great open. Ah, okay. So you strike last, which is which is kind of what you want to do. Which is giving you more rage attacks, and yeah. they're a strength seven. Yeah. Okay. So makes that makes sense. them really strong. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think Orcs have got a really good giant as well, um, but he's just he's just pushed out by the Gargantulas, I think. Yeah. Uh, and the Beast Herb ones are a bit gimmicky. Yeah, they can Vanguard and do all sorts of janky stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's, they're all right. <laughs> they, but they are they a lot of the time they're just strength five, which is not really what you want from a a unit of that type. Yeah. Kind of want a bit more than that. True. So, Saurian Ancients? Yeah, so Saurian Ancients are always an interesting one because we always seem to play them very differently in the UK to where everywhere else plays them. Yeah, I, I think you can see that as well with there being half of the list having Carnosaurs and half the list not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, how many... 
Yeah, 66 rampant on riders across 17 armies <laughs> is a hefty amount. Um, how, how many is that on average? Uh, 3.8. So that's every, every army is pretty much bringing them. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, 205 temple guard, uh, which is so that's quite like, a lot more than I thought I'd see. But, yeah, um, same. That's like half of the army is having a block. Yeah, pretty much, because I don't think you'd see them anything less than like 25, 24-ish. Yeah. yeah, 27, 26, just a quick scan through to have a look, see what I can find. Oh, it's 2 to 15 for Russia, which is quite interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's quite uh, quite interesting. Eight, 18 um, Taurosaurs and 17 armies? Yeah, uh, a fantastic monster. Can't, can't deny that, so... Uh, you know, it gives you revolvable impact hits at strength six. It's hard to say no to that. Um, yeah, I can, I can give you an interesting fact about Taurosaurs in real life if you want. Oh, go on. So uh, I, was, uh, I was listening to a podcast yesterday about Taurosaurs. <laughs> Don't ask why, but it, I was. And uh, it was a, a guy who was doing, a paleontologist who was doing research on dinosaurs, and he was doing research on lots of different dinosaurs and finding that um, people used to classify dinosaurs incorrectly. Basically, they used to think that the small dinosaurs were different species to the big dinosaurs, whereas in fact, they're just the baby ones. So, a taurosaur is actually just a, a grown-up um, triceratops. Right, okay. And they, they, look, they look quite different in their skulls because the taurosaurs have big holes in their skulls, but it's actually just how this, the... The Stegosaurus uh, skull grew as it got older. Okay. So that and there's quite a few dinosaurs like this. Um, T. Rex is one as well. Oh, okay. So like other smaller like uh, like bipedal like predator things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're actually the, just baby T. Rexes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was the the fun fact over. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, a lot of caimans in here as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I completely derailed that. <laughs> that's fine. No, no, I, I just had to get it straight back on track, otherwise I'd be sat there thinking about dinosaurs for too long. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots of caimans. How does that divide? That's like just over two, two and a half per army, so that means that people are running either small units or like half of the armies have big units. Yeah. Well, Croatia's got two by four, um, Belarus has got eight. Australia's got two by four. They seem like a very good MSU kind of unit. Yeah. Um, so just because they score, so you just run up and then flee if you need to, and you know all that stuff. So mm. that's pretty solid. Um, Seventeen spearbacks and eight salamanders. So that's that's quite a lot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of skirmishy shooting stuff there. But uh, um, I would I would have said that the spearbacks are not as good as the salamanders though. I think spearbacks are more sort of generally good in more matchups, which I think for um, Sword and Ancients, which is generally an army that doesn't specialise well, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think you can necessarily build uh, like a Sword and Ancient list to say, oh yeah, this is our demon killer, this is our anti-warriors list, you know what I mean? Uh, so I think having a generic unit that's good in a lot of matchups, Salamanders aren't really going to be doing anything for you against Invertibles, for example. Yeah. Um, so and there's not many elves about. True. So that makes, yeah, sense. makes sense then. Yeah, there's a lot of other situation of people predicting the meta. Um, How about Stigiosaur? I like. I think these are one of the best models in their book, but 
I, I think it's maybe just because it's hard counter against elves. Yeah. And again, uh, as you said, there's not that much in the meta. Only 7 out of 17 armies have a Stiggy Storm. Yeah, I think a lot of time if you're going to take an Alpha Kano, you then wouldn't take a Stigisaur. Um why, why is that? Uh, because a lot of the time you need uh, um, several monsters as um, like saturation. So in that situation, you're going to be taking probably uh, an Afrikanosaur and a Taurosaur with Engine of the Gods to give a board save to the, to yeah. the Counter-Saur. Yeah. And that's a lot of your monster points gone. Ah, um, is, it in, is it in its own category? Uh, yeah, all the, all the big stuff are in, are in its own category, I think. So, okay. Um, I think you can then go one Taurosaur or one Stigiosaur. I see. So, so, but there is a lot of monsters in this. Interesting. Well, maybe not interestingly. There's none of the Venusaur ones. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty pretty standard. Is it's a, not a good choice. Yeah, basically. Um, but that does bring it to thirty-three gigantic monsters across seventeen armies. Yeah. Which so each, is each army is having at least two. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but generally, it's a it's a for for sorry ages. It's a fairly good mix. Yeah, yeah. There's even um, there's even three armies without a quattle. Yeah, uh, I believe they got skink priests on uh, on on palaquins. Yeah, which yeah. um, is quite interesting. I don't. I think where is it? Uh, where are they? Bulgaria. Yeah. Um, Bulgaria never takes one. <laughs> uh, Georgie always goes like uh, he's got one this year, which is funny because normally he's the guy. Not bringing any, he goes like, "I'm going to take five warlords," <laughs> or, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, it's funny that this year is the year that he's taking. He's actually taking one. You um, might take one in the previous year. I might just not be smart. So the, I think yeah. the last thing with this one, um, 235 skink braves compared to 528 swords warriors. Yeah. There's obviously um, a clear a clear winner in the core there. Yeah, especially. Because the minimum size for Saurian Warriors is 15, right? They make them quite a good MSU unit. Yeah. The Devil Flea is quite strong. And I don't think Skink Braves make a very good combat unit, even if you put uh, Caimans in there. Especially when you compare them to Saurian Warriors. Yeah. If you take like a unit of 30 Saurian Warriors as opposed to a unit of, I don't know, 40 Skink Braves with Caimans in there. Like, it can't be that far off in terms of price. Um, so... Also, spears, you get a lot more AP out of the Swearing Warriors. Yeah, I, th I think they're just a better choice. Yeah. Um, so, is that, but overall, I think that's quite a nice little. Uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. Balance. There. It, yeah, a lot of these lists are quite skewed, but. Um, yeah. Next up is Silver Elves. Yes. So, uh, just get that little pop out of the way. This is 11. 11 armies, uh, 7 druid masters. But then there's 4 true father ancients. So yeah, which makes up the rest. Which 11, is... 11 with masters. Mm. 82 sentinels. I think they're, they're clearly better than pathfinders in my book. I think the poison just makes them more versatile. Yeah, and even, they're so much cheaper even, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a big thing. How many thicker beasts? <laughs> so... 77. So that's an average of seven per army. Considering you can only take uh, six in a unit, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's the average. That's quite a yeah. quite a big swing. Um, so I don't believe 
There are yeah, there are no there are no core forest guards. Yeah, no forest guards at all. Wow. <laughs> There's uh, it's just dryads, two hundred and fifty dryads. And heath hunters and archers. Yeah, and uh, only two units of blade dancers. Assuming that yours oh. is one of them. And... <laughs> yeah, so people they missed the trick. They don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree don't... with you. I think they're great. Yeah, we've got twelve in our list, so someone someone else is going to be taking a few. Yeah, one unit. I uh, see them just immediately uh, glancing through, but they missed the trick. That's a good unit. I think this is really quite imbalanced. Apart from there being a lot of tree fathers and tree and uh, tree father ancients and avatars of nature, it's quite clear that the thicket beasts are the obvious choice to the sylvan elves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, there's a lot of pure tree lists here. Like Montenegro, um, tree father, uh, thicket shepherd, twenty-three dryads, twenty dryads, two times eight dryads, three times six thicket beasts, and a tree father. It's like. <laughs> You know, it's just it's just trees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's not really that much shooting in general. Yeah, um, Mexico's got a bit. Uh... I mean, I'm I'm looking at this list, but there's only four chieftains and four forest prints, so there's not that many Pathfinder characters as maybe we're uh, used to seeing. Yeah, I, I don't rate the Pathfinder characters personally, especially since they can't be a BSB anymore. Yeah. Um, seems a bit. Like there's no seem much of a reason to take them. It's, it's like taking hero, like quote unquote hero level characters um, without a BSB doesn't seem particularly popular unless they've got a very specific buff they're giving to something. Like you, know, you undying dynasties. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to me much of a reason to take them. But yeah, just, just uh, as I said about earlier about the elves. Uh, People don't want to take elves. They're not taking elves here. They're taking taking <laughs> trees. trees. <laughs> yeah, taking the trees instead. Um, so Undying Dynasties, twenty nine. So this is the the most popular army. Yes, <laughs> six hundred and eighty five skeletons. Uh, I mean, what what does that really tell us? Yeah, that's average of twenty three per list. In other words. It's a bunker unit because yeah. twenty is the middle of his eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Thirty-two <yeah>. architects. <laughs> yep. Uh, Give them five at regen to those constructs. Yeah. That's probably all they're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. Thirty-two masters, thirty-two adepts, twenty-two no marks, four. So. so um, this is saying that every list is like really magic heavy because some lists have two masters, some lists have. Two adepts. Some every list is having a, at least one master. Yeah, um, a lot. Of, some of the lists have gone. There's a couple of lists that have gone double master with arc, uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, do you know what the arc does? No idea. <laughs> uh, basically, it gives plus six inch range to all wizards within six. Oh wow! So the divination is going really far. Yeah. So you're going double master. So you're getting like a 27 inch straight away. 20, uh, 30 inch actually if you go for a a, a wizard hat guy as well. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that's, quite. That's pretty good. I'm also, you a special magic card as well that you can use once per game for your veil tokens and stuff. Okay, I mean, uh, as playing a dragon, I'm pretty afraid of, of 30 inch divination magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not something I'm looking forward to uh, to facing. Yeah, we're looking at an average of uh, eight chariots per list. Um, 
average of six cataphracts per list, which is low. I would have thought that's way higher. Yeah. Uh, cataphracts are insane. 56 Reapers. Makes sense. They're a bit of a fringe choice, but they're actually worth taking a, a diagnosis as opposed to a VC, which is a bit, yeah. a bit crap. 28 Scorpions, so one per list around. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 227 Shabtis. How many is how many that? About eight per list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so that's probably a couple of units taking two, unit, two units of Shabtis as well. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got uh, three battle sphinxes. I'm going to bet there's one person. That's the might. that's the Danish list. Maybe we can talk about that one. Okay. I, I don't okay. really know that much about it, but uh, at least maybe it's obviously one standout list that's completely different to uh, all the others. Yeah, um, it's still got a unit of eight chariots with a no mark in it. We've still got uh, Divination Master Sacred Hourglass. Because I think every single list took the Sacred Hourglass, I believe. I think I saw that stat somewhere. Okay. So that's a pretty good item. Please nerf it again. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of it. Um, yeah, uh, he's still yeah, he's still got double double caster. He's got two architect for regen, a bunker unit, twenty one skeletons. Eleven yeah, shabdi archers. Yeah, shabdi archers. Uh, not uncommon. Uh, I think he's basically just replaced cataphracts with sphinxes. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Um, this it seems like a pretty uh, interesting list though. The, I, I can't imagine how it works because. I mean, the Shabti Archers, they're walking six inches and shooting every turn, so they're a little bit slow. The Sphinx is like, it can move quite fast, and the Chariots are also quite fast. So, for me, it's like, this list is going to get spread out a lot if they're advancing on something. But, In so, my mind, I feel like it sits there and says, here's my big charge, charge ox. You don't come into this zone, and I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, I, I, I you. think, I think that's... And when you make a mistake, I'm going to charge with chariots, and it's going to hurt. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. So I, th I think this is like a sit-back-and-shoot list. It's got evocation, yeah. it's got divination, it's got a lot, quite, not a lot of shooting, but like so 11 shrink 5 shots, which is quite a lot. Three three breath weapons. Yeah, there's a lot of these lists that have um, no marks on foot with the crown of pharaohs. What does um, that do? 18-inch uh, March Bubble, and you can give My Will Be Done to any unit within your Inspiring Presence range. Ah, that's good. Uh, so they'd have like eight un a unit of eight chariots, and then you don't have to risk the the general yeah. by putting him in the chariots when you charge something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah uh, so one one more thing with this uh, Undying Dynasties is no Colossus. Yeah, um, which is... In a way, it makes sense because they kind of get replaced by Cataphracts and, and Shabti. Yeah, I mean, less, I've, less I've Shabti, seen more Cataphracts, but I've seen some double Colossus lists that look really frightening. Just divination again. Is, it, is it in the meta not... that much? Well, it's the thing everyone's scared of, right? Even if it's not necessarily in the meta, it's the thing. It was like, oh well, if they do bring divination, I can't take this. I mean, a 3 plus armor save on one of those things, so they're not, like, just going to immediately die, but, I mean, as a dragon user, you would say, like, yeah, yeah. it's definitely scary. Um, but they're so good in combat, though. Yeah, but the thing is, so are cataphracts. 
Yeah, true. Like, if you're going to take a, a, a giant, why would you not just take a cataphract unit instead? Bigger wound pool, more attacks, better special rules. Yeah. And heal faster. Yeah, true, true. And they're quicker. So, that's, a lot of, that's, that's the thing with you, dude. Like, a lot of these units are like, oh, maybe we can take this. Oh, why would I just not take cataphracts? They're better. <laughs> um, okay, so, so I guess all of the lists apart from the Danish list are pretty similar. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the, when uh, we were looking at this, we were thinking, okay, so it's big units of char big unit chariots, um, then characters, whatever that is, and then you take three units of, and you take a mix of cataphracts, shabtis, or uh, tomb reapers. Yeah. And then maybe you get a sound scorpion in there. You know, there's a couple of other bits for flavour, but Some that's catapults. basically it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So VC, this is one that I know that you know really well. Yeah, um, it's going to be a bit weird because builds can be so like crazy different from each other. Yeah, depending on what what bloodline you take, and there's no info here on the bloodlines. Uh, yes, yeah, so you've pretty much just got to guess it by looking at the the list. Some of them are uh, quenched. There's a lot of shooting horrors. Eight, which is Makes sense because they're always a very um, polarizing unit. If you pair for a Shriek in Horror, it can dominate a game. Yeah. Uh, 119 vampires spawns across 23 armies. Uh, most <laughs> of them are just like years of seven or eight. Yeah. Um, 16 Dark Coaches. That's quite a lot. So, yeah, they're quite popular. I really like Dark Coaches, they're quite tough to bring down. Yeah, me too. I, I, be, I have been dabbling with my VC a little bit recently, so I have been using the Dark Coach. I see a lot of you list with two as well. Yeah. Um, eight Reapers. Which is a, a far cry from the 56, I guess, yeah, from why, the UD. Why is, why is that so different compared to the UD? Uh, two reasons. One, they're more expensive. Um, and two, because uh, the other, well, there's, there's a couple of reasons, I guess. Um, the other one is you can have two times four in UD, you can't in vampires. Okay. Uh, and also, the UD ones are autonomous. And, uh, uh, that's, that's, a big, that's a big difference, because they're yeah, like a fast-flying unit, so you have to keep them close, which is not really where they need to be. Yeah, uh, and then the points for the Reapers come out from your... Vampire Spawns, your Vampire Knights, your Varkalax, your Shrieking Horrors. All the good stuff. But Yeah, whereas your points for in, in uni comes out of uh, Giants and Sphinxes, which yeah. a lot of people won't take it anyway. So some things that stand out to me, only 47 Wraiths across 23 armies. Yeah. That's not that many. Uh, wraiths are really, um, like, army-specific... Like, you want to build your list around rates. I think. I don't think you can just take a unit of 10 or two units of 10 and then it'll be fine. I think you've got to be going for, like, okay, we're going to go double magic move. We're going to go, like, 18 inch march by wall. You know, you've got to have a lot of chaff. You know, you've got to set up around it, um, which is what I've found from, from using them. Yeah. Uh, because the people that have taken them have taken normally a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you take them, you take two units and you go double magical move. Yeah, which is what I've been, what I've been doing. So how about um, nineteen spectral hunters? So that's that's a weird one for me because I I don't see them very often at all. Yeah, I mean I think there's two lists that have them. One has nine and one has ten in the unit. Um, you can just 
Like, I kind of understand it because you can just throw them into a lot of units. Like, I'll, if you have like, a grey open unit, you can just throw them in there and be like, well, I've got a 3 plus 4 to save. What are you going to yeah. do about it? Um, so, from that perspective, again, it's an interesting pairing thing, right? Um, so from that perspective, it's quite. So, when you think about, okay, well, I'm going to put this in the Warriors and I'm going to set this in front of, I don't know, say, uh, like these chosen knight units with 15 attacks. Yeah, and just say three plus water, everything, and then high AP, high strength, take it off. Basically, yeah. Um, so, Barrow Kings, 13 Barrow Kings. I'm going to bet most of these are the Barrow King Cowboy. Yeah, that seems uh, to be what's in vogue at the moment. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot of gas, 33 gasts. People are building gas again, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's quite a few, a few on average as well. It's another army where... 87 Barrowguard is quite a lot as well. I guess that's probably four armies with a big unit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, um... Well, th probably three, more likely. Three armies yeah. with a big unit, so... Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, BC are one of those armies that have got a lot of variation in different builds you can take, because they, they have so many different units, right? They've got the longest list of units, I think, of... Of most of these armies. Yeah, maybe so, without the orc goblins. Yeah. Um, so the so the one thing I think is most interesting in this is actually the the choice of infantry and core. So there's a lot of ghouls compared to zombies. Yeah, and then, the cost of each unit. And also quite a lot of skeletons. Yeah. So that kind of shows you that there's a, a use for all three of the infantries. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, which I think the BC core is like a very well, very well balanced, very, very well designed unit, like a uh, category. I think it's one of the one of those weird ones that just really works out quite well. Yeah, you kind of have you three can, three grades of combat potential and price. Yeah, you can definitely um, uh, like set it up exactly for your list and tailor it to whatever kind of style of list you're running. Like for example, Scotland has got like 40 goals of the champion and two times 10 goals of Vanguard, and then some chaff. Whereas you compare that to, as I try and find another list that's got something, I know. Uh, Switzerland, yeah. which has got two times 20 skeletons with Banner Relentless Company, two times 20 zombies, and then some chaff. So, Very different setup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, would, you, would you say that VC is quite a well-balanced book? Because everything is good, it's above average, right? Yeah. Because everything competes with itself, you get a lot of very different builds. And with the bloodlines as well, um, it kind of uh, creates a lot of variation. Yeah. Um, so should we move on to the next one? And the yes. l not the last one, but almost there. Another one that I know a lot about. <laughs> <laughs> is this the second uh, most popular army? Yeah, the second Muslim army, which um, I didn't expect. Um, so, Vermin Swarm with 27 armies. Yeah. So, 15 uh, Vermin Demons and 12 Magister Masters. Nine of them on a Doom Bell, so. Yeah. That's uh, quite, quite a big chunk. Oh, the fact that there's four armies, sorry, there's five armies without a pendulum. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, why would you not take a pendulum? <laughs> I know, it's like, it's pretty real estate there. Um, it's just, yeah, 708 Plague Brotherhood as well. 
So that, that kind of goes hand in hand with 22 think, pendulums. Is that the most of any one particular model that we've seen in any of these lists? Yeah, it must be. It must be. Average of 26 per. That seems like a lot. <laughs> 24 <laughs> playing disciples as well. Um, <laughs> They're so broken. There's the <laughs> I hate playing against plague disciples. Well, yeah, they're just one of those polarizing units. Like, there's, there's so many of them in the Bowman's Hall. 51 dreadmills. 51? 51 divided <laughs> by 27 is 1.8 per army. <laughs> so, pretty much every army taking two. Yeah. Uh, they are fantastic. Because it's just one of those things where we've asked the, re the reason that people hate playing them. They've got so many units that are so heavily specialized and have such quirky abilities that make them really good in specific situations. Yeah. So, if you have agility 10 toxic attacks, if you have something that <laughs> that wants to go high agility, um, like say, I don't know, Marmonites, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, they're really good against those. So, so I, was, I was playing a, against an army at a tournament some time ago, and I think you had like the maximum number of Plague Disciples that you can have, basically. And I was playing like my elf army, and I like, what the hell do I do? Like, I haven't. I've got. I've got. I had a unit of lancers, like twelve unit, twelve lancers, and two units of five Rhymanites. That was like a lot, a big majority of my list. So I, yeah. I, I ended up charging a unit of twelve lancers and a unit of five Rhymanites through a ruin, turn one, and I ended up like rolling the whole flank with them, and he just didn't expect it because I, I had to charge everything through a ruin. <laughs> It, it was a it was an awesome game, but those those plague disciples they have all the rules. They have battle focus and hatred and yeah. toxic bullshit. Ugh. Well, that's how you get them, right? It's just, I say certain situations. The the first that's how the bends work. Everything's super specialized. So when they're in when they're fighting on their terms, it's gonna seem like the most overpowered army ever. But as soon as they're not, everything falls apart quite quickly. But I think them as well are probably one of the most poorly internally balanced books in the game. I agree. <laughs> um, I think this is quite clear. One assassin, one tyrant. One assassin, one tyrant, four mechanists, uh, 591 Vermingard. Um, <laughs> 550 five. giant rats. And yeah, so that brings you to 20 Vermingard, 21.8 Vermingard average, and then 20 is the minimum. So I'm going to bet a lot of those are just holding the lightning rod. Yeah. Um, and there's at least one, at least one unit of 20 giant rats in every unit. In every army. Uh, yeah, a lot of them are gonna have that. Uh, I mean, it, one unit of ten foot pads well. in every list. Yeah, um, it, it, a lot of lists are gonna look like Vermin Demon or Magister plus Pendulum. Two big blocks that the these things are sitting in. Two Dreadmills. Shadow Blade Disciples, <laughs> Double Catapult, Double Dreadmill, maybe some Giselles to fill out the rest of the points. Yeah. I think a lot of them are going to look like that. Um, which is a real shame. It's actually the reason I stopped playing the army is because internal balance was so fucking awful. So um, something something that I've always seen in Vermin Swarm is three um, three weapon teams, but there's only four in the whole tournament. Yeah. Um, it's because if you take double dreadmill and double catapult, they don't fit. Ah. Okay. So, so there is there is some uh, semblance of balance in this book. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just about. <laughs> Can't get um, everything you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think like three cannons across twenty-seven armies, six minutes. Like, I was yeah, gonna, I was gonna, 
I was going to ask you if there's any vermin swarm or lists that stand out to you, but I guess most of them are pretty similar. Yeah, most almost all of them are the same. <laughs> like you know, uh, I did have a look through, and it's like, it's, it's like it's weird. The weirdest thing is there's four armies that don't have BSBs. Okay. Which is very unusual to me. But I guess if you take like a, almost, cause you can take a pretty much an entirely fearless army if you need to. Yeah. So I would guess that's how that's happened. Okay. Um, Just uh, also well, winding it back to the VC. Is there any VC lists that you that stood out to you? Um. Uh, Put you on yes, the spot here a little was, bit. Uh, there was Actar, Actar from Australia. I really liked his list. Um. Which is double shrieking horrors and then just a regen wall. So he's got seven ghasts and forty ghouls with a cadaver wagon. Ah, uh, yeah, I also really like this list. He's the only one taking the cadaver wagon. I actually think it's really good. It's a bit expensive for what it does, but it's uh, pretty good. In the right situation, it can be really, really nice. Um, and I think this situation is a situation where it is really nice. Um, yeah. The only, the only thing I'm not sure about is the. The General's Bubble and the Shrieking Horrors, I think they're going to struggle to move around the board. Uh, yeah. I think you more use them for the the, the area denial. Okay. Just co covering your flanks. Yeah, it's a 24-inch bubble of your cavalry or whatever can't go around me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess he just pushes, pushes them forward and uses them to cover the, the flanks and rear. Yeah, basically. Um... They can terror charge as well if they need to, because they're no slouches in combat, are they? So yeah, uh, in the right situation. Uh, but that was the list that I thought, oh, that's really cool. Like I might want to try that. Yeah, same actually. That's exactly what I thought. Um, yeah, that was that was the main one that stuck out to me. So uh, the but yeah, all these damage forms are the same to me. So, <laughs> so the the last one is the Warriors of the Dark Gods. Mm, yes. So 26 uh, armies. I mean, these are kind of coming in right now, aren't they? Yes. Um, uh, the new, the new, up, the updates seem to bring them in line with the demons a bit more and make them actually a bit more cost-effective. Yeah, it seems like the new books are going to be a slightly higher power level than everything else, which is, I'm fine with. Yeah, me too. Um, I just want high elves to be one of the <laughs> sooner books to get done. <laughs> <laughs> So interesting stuff here. We've got three exalted heralds out of twenty-six armies. That's quite low. I would have expected more. I'm gonna guess it's because they're not very safe points. I, I guess uh, pair, with pairings as well, they're quite versatile. So you can't yeah. you you also have a obviously with the pairings you get almost a choice of what you're fighting. So yeah, but it's it, it's one of those things where it's like okay, we gotta protect this from cannons and divination magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know okay uh, and. Because not many lists have both cannons and divination magic, so that's two lists you might have to stop from each one, uh, and bolt throwers, uh, and you know, and a lot of other war machines, and they're quite hard to protect. And there's just like 850 points, I think, that just are just sat out in the middle of nowhere that you kind of have to protect. It, it just doesn't seem worth it. Yeah, I I completely understand that as well. Um, an ETC level tournament, like. Uh, <laughs> You're making me regret bringing a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why a lot of people don't do it. That's why there's only seven dragons across... Uh, what, what did I say? It was like 70... 70 more than 70. Uh, 
288 armies. Yeah, 288 armies and there's seven dragons. That's no, you know, there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 15 chosen lords with four, 14 burning potents. I think it's port, supposed to be portents, but written wrong. Yeah. So if you're taking a chosen lord, you're taking the D3 wounds blade. Yeah. Most of these guys are on dioceses as well. Um, so that's an interesting thought. But yeah, the burning portent is a great one of those one of those things that just brings matchups. It's like okay, this guy's burning portent. My UD army is is screwed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no regen, regen multiple wounds. Yeah. yeah. So, um... 14 Doom Lords, that's quite a lot. I know this is like yeah. the, new, the new power thing, but it's pretty good, I know. Yeah, um, they're great for, um... This doesn't say what they're on, but some of them are on, like, Wasteland Behemoths and stuff. Okay. Some of them are on foot. Um, but, like, yeah, you can get a one-up. Like you had some really good foot builds. Yeah, I've, I've played against a few really hard ones. You usually in a big unit of force one. Yeah, especially since they can have great weapons and shields. Yeah, <laughs> one plus rollable with a great weapon. Yeah, really nasty builds. Uh, so like spike shield, like uh, yeah, Cherry Pepper's got one here. Like trophy rack, spike shield, dust forge, gladiator spirit, great weapon, blessed inscriptions, dragonfire gem, and weird stone. That's like oh, <laughs> everything. One every rollable four up. <laughs> Yeah. It's back to you, it's like five, that's horrible. Yeah, it's that's so nasty. Um, but yeah, the, uh, there's one here that has double force one block. It's like two units of like seven and then double doom lord. So it's like double stubborn block. Oh, that's horrid. I think now that you can get leadership nine on these units, having the stubborn blocks is really tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can I totally understand why they're being picked. It's not something that I realised I know or noticed before I saw all these lists. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that uh, yeah, that's gonna that be makes a hard, lot of sense. because they're so hard to kill as well. They're two plus arm safe. Yeah, yeah, because they're like uh, a lot of them are gonna have one up. Uh, but yeah, no, the the the, the four one they get the yeah, the four one. Yeah, they've got two up. And are so... these are these the ones that turn into like beasts or something when they die? Um. You have to buy the upgrade for that. Okay. They don't do it as standard. Uh, some of them have. There's like three man units with great weapons and damnation. Yeah. Two times smooth spike shield damnation. Yeah, there's a couple here. Um, uh, there's fifteen uh, Helmors, so that's like over half the armies have a Helmor. Yeah, Helmors are fantastic. Uh, another you know those units that just totally change matchups because the warriors can all of a sudden be behind you. Yeah. Like if you push forward into them, they are behind you. So, uh, yeah, they really, really mess with a lot of a lot of pairings. Uh, like they're one of those things that just turn good matchups to bad matchups yeah. all the time. I've I've I recently played against it, and but I've only had one game. But uh, I just saw how versatile it makes the army, and the objective game changes, and everything changes. Especially when when I'm playing quite a defensive list, it's really hard to to yeah. play against. It's one of those things where you think you know how it works, and then you play against someone. Like if you're not playing against it, like my piece of advice for anyone that's not played against it to go go to ETC, probably just have a game against it. Yeah, exactly. And you and because it will catch you out the first time you play against it. It's like, oh, these can do that, and these, you know, <laughs> uh, it's not uncounterable. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways to play around it, but you know, you're not gonna see it necessarily the first time. Yeah. You play against it. 
Is there anything else that stood, stands out for you in this one? A lot of Chosen Knights? Yeah, Chosen Knights seem fairly popular. Um, things that are unpopular, Chimeras, which surprised me. Um, they're super cheap. 200 points for a Chimera is chaff points, really. I think you're um, just you're breaking up a little bit, Jack. Oh, sorry. I don't um, know if you're blowing on the microphone or something. No. Is that any better? Uh, yeah, a little. Alright, I'll see if I can keep it that way. Okay, so, um... Yeah, uh, not many Chimeras, but now only 200 points. Seems chaff points to me. Yeah. So, so there's no Feldrak El... No, there's Feldrak Elders, but no Feldrak Ancients. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I was going to mention that as well. Uh, Teeth of Psychomorphs. There's just not many monsters in general. Yeah, uh, but... I think apart from that, it's actually pretty well balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to see if there are units that... There's like, there's like a couple that just aren't taken very much. Uh, but for the most part, it seems alright. Um, 101 chosen. Yeah. I'm just looking for Feldrax. 42 Feldrax. So they're quite... Yeah. They're, they're there as well. I think Forsworn are... The sort of surprise choice of the of the ETC really because it's 133, so you know we'll times that by three. So to to be comparison to like stuff like chosen and warriors, and yeah. it's like by far the most commonly like in terms of points investment, it's probably got the most points in it. Yeah. In uh, in in force one than any other unit out there really. Yeah, definitely. I, th and I, th I think that's that's what I've been seeing at least in Warriors list recently. Is a is big units of Force One with the Doom Lord as we said. Yeah, it's just it's very safe with the stubborn, which is uh, a big a big plus for any TC list. Yeah, it's very safe. So uh, that that kind of concludes our our commentary on the on the lists from the ETC and the choices that people have taken. Is there anything yeah. that you you want to say in general? Um, no, I think uh, I, I I'm just really excited to go and and you know give coaching a shot. Unfortunately, I haven't had any chance to practice because. <laughs> are you taking Are you advanced. taking an army with you? No, I'm not. Um, I don't. I hope not. Uh, I hope <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like last minute, someone's dropped out of every team event that we've done, so I haven't had a chance to coach as I planned. Uh, that's a fill in at the last second. Um, <laughs> so hopefully I'm not just going to have to uh, do a, a weekend at Bernie's for any of my players that have got a drink too much the night before and uh, can't can't play their games the next day. Uh, some very famous pictures of, of Welsh players out there on the internet uh, <laughs> who are paralytic on the floor and incapable of playing. I'm sure Jack Austin will do you proud. <laughs> uh, he's not playing for us this year. Oh, he's uh, not? Oops. No, but we still have Marcus, so <laughs> still have Marcus. But, uh, but you have the you have the best job because you have to be there, but you can be as drunk as you like. Exactly. I, I can is, see this the good strategy. Here. Also thinks they can be as drunk as they like, <laughs> so I may have to herd the sheep uh, for Team Wales. So yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that's um, it's me, it's quite nice coaching. I can just get an opportunity to play whatever I want. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to practice and stuff. Yeah, like I started off with Thermal Storm and I just decided to change to Vampire's halfway through the year and 
just do whatever I like, really. I've played a bit of Demons, played a bit of UD. It's very freeing. <laughs> I, I, I am looking forward to not having to play the same list over and over again. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you just play nothing but ETC, it can... Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a grind. Yeah. But I'm actually surprised, because I'm on the UKUB chat, and I'm surprised how much that chat is people asking for games. And it really yeah. puts it into context, like, how much people play. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, I'm playing maybe one game a week, and those guys are on there. Like, I see people... I don't really look at who's posting, but there's... I would say every hour, every day, there's someone <laughs> asking for a game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, Axar from, from Team Australia, he's... Particularly when it gets around to ETC, he kind of goes a bit crazy um, with his games. Uh, there's definitely a, a lot of people that are very prolific on there, for sure. If anyone wants to add it to, uh, to be added to that, just send me a message on Twitter and I'll, I'll say, oh, I sort you out. Because, um, yeah, finding games on UB is always fun. You get to try stuff that uh, you would normally get to try. <laughs> So, uh, last thing from me, I just want to plug a, a tournament that I'm organising in in Denmark. Um, I know that I know that you've been to Denmark before, Jack, and yeah. I, I hope you had a good time, despite getting really drunk with me on the first night. Oh, absolutely! It's the first time ever, my first and only hangover I've ever had in my life. So. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't ever get hangovers. It's just that one time um, <laughs> I was I was a deal. I don't know what the hell you gave me, but yeah, it fucked me up. <laughs> It's uh, the old Gamladansk shots. <laughs> yeah, probably. So if, if you want to experience the uh, the Danish hangover, then you should come to the tournament that we're hosting in October. So I just want to explain a bit about it, and hopefully we can... Um, I know that you guys have a, a big international following on, on your podcast, at least in the UK, so it's international yeah. for me. So it would be really nice to get more uh, international people coming over to Denmark to play some tournaments. Yeah, this um, is, um, is it, uh, what's the name of this one again? It's just your big one, isn't it? Yeah, this is, it used to be called Giant Fanatic, and yeah. that was always like the biggest tournament in Scandinavia, but um, unfortunately, the the people who used to organize Giant Fanatic, one of them was me, have were kind of decided not to do it for the last year or two, um, but I decided this year that I wanted to do it again, and okay. so I've teamed up with a another group of people who are doing something called like NerdCon. Okay. It's like it it's essentially gonna be like a, a convention for tabletop wargaming. Okay. Uh it's on the twelfth and thirteenth of October and all the information the basic information is on the forum. Um but there's also a culture night in Copenhagen on the Friday on the eleventh. And that's like a big night where all the bars are open later, all the shops are open, and they, there's lots of interesting things going on in the city. You can you buy a pass for like 10 quid or something, and you get free entry to like all the museums, everything in Copenhagen you get free entry to. And this NerdCon is doing a Friday night event for this culture night. So it's basically like a big market for nerdy stuff. So you can buy like you can buy models, you can buy video games, you can buy like comics and like anything nerdy like what you would maybe class as nerdy like Star Wars or Pokemon or dinosaurs or <laughs> there's people selling like craft beer and all sorts of stuff. So it's it's quite a good event. 
Um, yeah, so this is, I... this is happening on the Friday, and then yeah. throughout the weekend, there's going to be tournaments from almost every game system. So 40k, Age of Sigma, Blood Bowl, X-Wing, you name it, there's going to be a tournament for it. And and I want to make Ninth Age the premier event. So right now we have 60 spaces, which is rapidly filling up. And once we get to 60, we're going to expand. I want to aim for 120. And uh, there's going to be like quite a big like expo feel to it. I hope we can also get some miniature companies and games to come in and do like uh, intro games and have like shops and stuff and things like that. So there's going to be quite a lot of things going on uh, throughout the day. Yeah, I know when I went to Denmark, I like I, I really enjoyed the city itself. Like, I'm, I'm very much a big like city person. Um, so I. I so when, when, when I'm when I'm traveling somewhere, I kind of hold up to a little bit of like a higher standard because I go to quite a few cities and I really liked it there and I really want to go back. I don't know if I'll be able to do it this year because I spent a lot of holiday getting a driving license, but... Um, it's just a weekend, Jack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's, but, you know, if I wanted to do that, like I really want to go on the Friday and, uh, you know, all that, all that sort of thing. But Because um, I really, really liked it out there. Um, so I really want to, I want to go, but then this at the same time, it's like I think there's six events every weekend. Like <laughs> the six, it's the six events like every, like on the trot in in the UK in like around October time. So um, yeah, it's, but, it's prime yeah. tournament season for us as well. Yeah, so I think you know if you get the opportunity, absolutely go for it. Um, it's definitely definitely up there. Like I would say, probably other than ETC, I would probably say going to Denmark has been my favourite international event. Awesome. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, so I definitely want to go back there again. Um, I, unfortunately, just to the way things have been this year, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. But I'm going to be really sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're um, always welcome to stay at my place, Jack, if you... Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be a, I'm going to reserve it for next year. At least. At yeah. least. Um, cool. But I'm going to, I'm going to be built. If I, if I can't, doing this year then I'm going to be real sad about it. <laughs> uh, but I will make the active attempt to yeah. try and wrangle it. So let, let, let me just explain like a little bit about the, the tournament and then we can uh, call it quits. Yeah, so um, the, the tournament is, is kind of has a legacy from Giant Fanatic that we want to continue. So it, it's a, it used to be like a really hobby tournament. They did like a lot of compacts and stuff like giving you bonuses for bringing the things that were supposed to be underpowered back in, in Warhammer days. And um, we, we kind of want to do a similar thing. So usually we, we focus a lot on painting and things like that, but this year we're doing it slightly differently. So you don't need to bring painted armies or anything, but you're going to get bonuses for bringing painted armies. And also there's going to be hopefully a lot of prizes for painted armies. Um, but apart from that, it's going to be out of the book ninth Age. The only difference is that there's going to be different scenarios. So these are going to be in more interesting scenarios. They're all quite balanced, and I've, 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 uh, I've used some of them before in tournaments, and they've all had really good reviews. So hopefully that will be quite interesting way of playing Ninth Age. So it will be normal games, but with just a twist in the scenario. And uh, okay. and yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the philosophy of the tournament. But it wants we want it to be like a fun hobby tournament as well as being a tournament for people who want to compete against the best in Scandinavia. 
Yeah, I guess it's going to be showing off ninth age to a lot of Scandinavia as well from other game systems. So yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, if, if you're if you're a miniature company or if you're like a, a game game company or even if it's board games or something, it's like a perfect opportunity for you to get uh, into the Scandinavian market because I would say the majority of the Danish scene will be there, if not Swedish and Norwegian as well. I've already had guys from Norway and Sweden and also UK saying that they're going to come. God, I want to be there so, then so badly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the, last thing, the last thing I'm going to do is I just want to explain one of the scenarios. So uh, there's going to be a scenario back, um, and I, I was planning on releasing this a bit later to get a bit of hype, but I will explain one scenario now for the podcast. Oh, we got scoop. Yeah, that. exactly. So the the first the first scenario in the tournament will be the search for the Grail. So uh, the idea is it's essentially spoils of war, but instead of three counters, there's one counter. Um, the battlefield will be uh, the flank the flank attack battlefield, so it's like a diagonal deployment, but it, instead of nine inches, it's twelve inches. So it's quite a big space between armies. And instead of having the counter start the game in the middle of the battlefield, it starts the game in a random piece of terrain on turn two. Okay. So you, you don't necessarily know where the Grail will appear. And uh, if there's no scenario, if there's no piece of terrain that it can appear in, it will just appear in the middle. But uh, the idea of, of this scenario is it's a little bit of a twist on Spoils of War. But it, it means that the army has to be quite versatile to be able to to be able to go over all the whole board, and we want to we want people to bring lots of scoring units because it makes the armies look a bit more army-like. And so if you're if you're like a castle army or a corner army, this might be a bit difficult if if you're unlucky where the Grail arrives. So it's so it's. Yeah, I can I can hear the Warriors players rubbing their hands together with glee. While yeah. the uh, the Bermondsville players sob quietly into their <laughs> dark stone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there'll be different scenarios that benefit different different types of armies. Oh yeah, I, no doubt. Yeah. So this is just one example of of the scenario that we want to of of a way that we're trying to make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's um, that's that's super interesting. I don't really want to. See more. At least I'm gonna. Uh, the, I at least want to hear more about the uh, these these scenarios. So yeah, you can you can stay tuned on the the tournament part of the forum. I've got a thread on there, and the scenarios will be up in maybe maybe around ETC time. Okay. So next month, once right, I've had time to practice them a little bit, and see if they work. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Um. Well, I guess that's. Pretty much it then. Um, so uh, I guess uh, thank you for I guess coming to join me and also inviting me uh, <laughs> to talk about these uh, yeah likewise together. So um, yeah, uh, I guess we're also going to be facing off at the ETC for the gashes. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a game planned, I think. Yeah, so unfortunately I'm not playing, so I can't spank you personally. <laughs> uh, but you will be eating a potato uh, when you lose so <laughs> as is tradition is that tradition yeah well I mean we've done it one year so okay so, so one out of one 
So yeah, uh, basically, uh, the, you know, the, the Gashes is Wales versus Ireland. It's knockoff Ashes, basically, uh, <laughs> and then loser eats a whole potato. The whole the whole team has to eat one, or you get one each. Uh, well, last year we just did Colin, but I think we'll, <laughs> we'll, it was quite difficult to get hold of one. Col- Colin's Irish, so he probably likes potatoes. Well, yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the thing. Uh, it was quite hard to get hold of one potato. <laughs> yeah, I can so, imagine. If you go to a supermarket and say, can I have one potato? They kind of look at you a bit weird. So, <laughs> uh, it's probably better to get a bag and then give one to everyone. Um, so if you if you if the Welsh lose, do you have to eat a leek? Um, I don't know. I guess we eat whatever you tell us to eat, really. You, I think you're going to be eating a leek. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you one. I'll get you one for yourself, Jack, so you can uh, enjoy it. Uh, makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess. Uh, guess I'll see you in Serbia. Yeah. Uh, so until next time, guys. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that. <laughs>